There is a thin veil that protects humanity from the horrors and darkness of the other. Within the other lives everything that our minds can bring to imagination. Or maybe it is not imagination at all, and just a thinly veiled reality that our mind cannot believe to be true. The veil is the will of humanity to protect the innocent from the dangerous and the horrible. A pursuit to ensure that the darkness of the other does not consume the world. The vanguard are those who uphold the veil, who know the truth of the horrors and fight it every day to protect the innocent. They must ensure that the balance is maintained and the darkness held at bay. We are the vanguard of the veil. Welcome, everyone, to another session of the Vanguard of the Veil, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast powered by the Apocalypse System. I am your keeper, Fred, and my pronouns are he, him. And joining with us tonight, Josh. Hi, I play Spin Martin. Uh, Both our pronouns, he, him. What's up? Alex. Hi, my pronouns are whatever you want to call me, and I play Deandra. Her pronouns are she, her. Matthew. Hello, uh, I play Professor Gunderson, and our pronouns are he, him. And our newest hunter joining our table, Steph. Hi, I play Artemisia, and our pronouns are she, her. Welcome, Steph. Hello. Hi. Upgraded from behind the curtain. Yeah. (laughs) Behind the veil. That's right. Yeah. Well, shit. Uh, let's before we do the recap from last week. Let's let's talk about levels real quick. So, at the end of an arc, typically about three to four episodes, uh, when the mystery is uh, completed or the monster is vanquished, we will go through a series of questions. And based on those questions and how many rolls you failed, uh, if you have five experience points, uh, you go through a level advancement. So, Josh, uh, you said you did not advance, correct? You only have two experience. You did not fail a single roll. I certainly did. I only rolled, I think, four times the total bit. But no, I did not fail one of them. Yeah, okay. Uh, How about you, Alex? How did you do? I... I biffed it quite a lot, so I, I had uh, a number of failures, so I, I did indeed level. Okay, excellent. What uh, what kind of advancement did you take? Um, I didn't go with anything flashy this time. I just took a, a plus on my uh, sharp skill, so my sharp is now higher. Okay, not on tough to help you shoot that magnum? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a, nope. Okay, <laughs> and then how about you, Matthew? I squeaked by with exactly five experience, so I did level up, and I took the move from the, uh, what am I, the Mad Scientist playbook called I Can Make You Stronger. So I, we didn't stop, uh, we didn't finish that conversation. Uh, can, can you just go over that real quick? Just so Okay, we have a so this move allows me to any one time, well, the first time I, I go to any other hunter, or I guess I can do it to myself as well, and I can give them an option for a uh, something that they can take on as a bonus to their character that is permanent, 
in exchange for a luck point. But if I mess up the roll, it could have some consequences for them. Okay. I guess we could approach that in-game just to kind of delve deeper into some of those options. But, uh, I, you know, I guess this is a good time to talk about luck points because if you're just joining us, uh, you know, or you're not very familiar with Monster of the Week um, as a TTRPG, our hunters have seven luck points. And I don't believe there's a way to get those back. There might be through level advancement or through a certain hunter playbook. Uh, Matthew, go ahead. You get, oh, sorry, no, you can get one back from an advancement. Okay, and it, it's, it's I think in it's the, an the later advance, right? Yeah, yeah. The, after you level up five times. Got it. So yeah, as you can see, it's very hard to get those luck points back. And it's for a very good reason. These seven luck points can be utilized in two ways. You can either use a luck point to give you a complete success, and when failing a roll, you can actually take a 12 and do an automatic success. Or when taking damage, you can use a luck point and negate any damage taken from that one attack or that one roll. Um, so it's a great way to kind of make your hunters a little bit more resilient or stronger than the average person right even based off of whatever your playbooks are but as the book states it as the luck points disappear uh you become more and more vulnerable and in certain playbooks like with the chosen uh it can vastly affect um the way that the character is played once those luck points run out and yeah once those luck points are gone uh there is no way to really stop the damage that's coming in and that could mean death. Um, and that is, uh, you know, a very big part of this game as well, because one of the um, uh, advancements uh, you can take is retiring your character so that they don't actually continue to play on to be eventually killed by a monster and you can start a brand new character. So starting a new character doesn't only have to come from a death of a character you can actually retire your character and even in some playbooks you can actually take on a second hunter and play two hunters at the same time so that's kind of unique also um, i haven't seen that in any other uh ttrpgs so uh, i thought that was kind of a fun unique thing um and in matthew's case in season one his hunter playbook allowed him to take on recruits and and have hunters that he kind of controlled as npcs um, so lots of lots of different things going on there. So that is uh, always fun to explore. But um, before we get into our episode today, uh, Matthew, what happened last time? On the last episode of Vanguard of the Veil, Deandra, Spin, and Professor Gunderson are faced by a huge plant monster. While combating the beast, Spin is able to save his friends Chad and Terry, who had been lured into the cabin by the plant monster's minions. Meanwhile, Professor Gunderson prevents the monster from moving with his goo gun, trapping himself in the process while Deandra hits uh, the plant monster with a Molotov cocktail. Spin pulls Professor Gunderson from the now-burning cabin, stripping him of his shoes, pants, and some skin in the process. Deandra finishes off the monster with her magnum. Once the fire dies down, Deandra scopes out the ruins of the cabin, finding a large hole in the floor beneath where the creature stood. The team decides to head back to the campus and recover after the fight. And once the team heads their separate ways, they uh, get some much-needed sleep, but none of them rest well as their dreams are troubled by what may lurk back in the woods. 
All right, thank you. So about a week passes. Um, obviously, you know, for both Spin and Professor Gunderson, you do have responsibilities uh, with Brown Community College. Uh, Spin, you have your standard array of classes that you attend. And of course, Professor Gunderson also has uh, classes to instruct, uh, you know, the students of this community college. And uh, Deandra, I guess, how do you pass the time over this last week? What is your character? As I remember, I took a sleeping bag into Professor Gunderson's hideout and I was sleeping in a corner. Um, I start spreading my influence throughout his lab a little bit by like pinning things to the wall and like cutting up magazines and newspapers and like posting articles all over like the space that I'm inhabiting in his area. Okay. I'm probably much to the chagrin of professor Gunderson. Um, <laughs> probably. So I have two questions for you. Uh, well, number one, like what is your interactions with the nuggets? Like, are, yeah. are you, I, that's what I want to know. Like, are you friendly? Don't eat the nuggets. <laughs> I, I'll be, I'll be cautiously friendly to them. I guess they don't speak english though right like they just make noises yes so okay so like i don't know how to communicate Correct, with them yeah. um I, I i i guess i'll be as friendly as i can and if i can like have them like hold a ladder while i climb things to post more pictures on the wall i will but like if they don't listen to me i guess i can't really do much about it they canonically find you hilarious Okay. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess I'm friendly enough. I don't know how to communicate with them though, so I'm cautious. Okay. Now, uh, your character or your hunter, the flake, has a very specific move that is dependent on the beginning of a mystery arc. Uh, connect the dots. Yes. Perfect. The connect the dots. Go ahead and do so. Okay, I will. Um cutting up these magazines and newspaper articles and stuff and i will connect the dots and i got a okay nine. so that is a success a partial success on a seven through nine i can i hold one and i can spend that at any point in time to ask one Perfect. question that's on this list so i i will hold so it's one. almost kind of like a free investigate a mystery uh question right like you get to hold it and then ask a question at a later point yeah. Yes, and they're like they're they're I think they're much more powerful questions than okay, the investigative great, great. mystery questions. Like they're yeah, they're like they're they're bigger pictures. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So now the the camera pans away from Deandra who is busily clipping magazine articles and pinning red yarn uh, with push pins that are uh, kind of spiraling out into an intricate web pattern um, as she is seeing patterns within different articles and different advertisements and they are speaking to her in a specific way where she is able to garner this information which we'll approach later but as the camera pans away from deandra we come across another student of brown community college steph could you uh, describe what your character your hunter looks like yeah uh so artemisia is like a classic goth uh, so she is a, a short, fat, very pale uh, woman. She has dyed black hair and a bob and brown eyes. And she uses makeup to make herself look even paler. Oh, yeah. um, think like Fat Wednesday Adams is kind of how I pictured her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she's dressed like, you know, very kind of 
Victorian, lots of lace, feathers. Uh, she has a veil on. Nice. Very nice. Uh, and uh, combat boots. So you are attending class and you actually attend uh, this specific class that you're in with your roommate uh, who goes by the name of Shelly Young. Um, you guys have been roommates for this semester. And, you know, Shelly is kind of like a... Uh, Kind of like a shut-in, um, you know, isn't very social, but can be very passive-aggressive. And the two of you have been, you know, pretty friendly with each other. And I think you might even have, you know, shared some of your interests in the supernatural occult with her. You know, maybe not obviously expressing, you know, what you know about monsters um, based off of whatever, you know, monster uh, experience you've had in the past. But... You are uh, both kind of, you know, exiting the classroom and you're uh, walking down the courtyard and there is a large gathering of people right off of campus in front of the Triple Phi fraternity house. Um, it is literally across the street from the hall that you just left. Um, the, she kind of like beckons to you and is like, I wonder what's going on. I bet you it's probably just a, another drunk fraternity uh, you know, person passed out on the ground. And uh, do you follow her towards this kind of like crowd that's gathering or do you just go to your next class? I think she, I, she would just go to her next class, honestly. Got no, it. No interest in the activities of other okay. people. So you uh, leave Shelly and Shelly kind of like goes towards this crowd and uh, you can see that there is just like this tight circle like almost semi-circle of people in front of this fraternity house but you kind of don't clock the information and you keep walking and you head to your next class now shelly who did go to the front of this fraternity house spin you find yourself uh also here among this crowd you saw people kind of gathering and uh, somebody grabs you by the arm and, and says oh my god isn't that, isn't that Buck? And as you kind of break the crowd and you kind of get to the front, you see one of the, I guess, quote unquote, other athletes of Brown Community College uh, who is sprawled on the ground, leg twisted, neck kind of like in a uh, gruesome twist. And people are having conversations around you and the, the whispers that you hear is like, oh my God, he jumped. Like, oh my God, what, what, what happened? Why would he do that? He, you know, like he had such a bright future. What do you do? Um, you know, you know, maybe I'll attempt to move the crowd backwards to open up space maybe okay yeah so i would suggest maybe doing like a uh, is it motivate someone is that the the the, the skill manipulate someone. manipulate I can manipulate someone, someone. yes so go ahead and try to do the manipulate and you're going to try to control this crowd to give this crimes well not a crime scene this unfortunate scene some space yeah i got a total of four Okay, so that is unfortunately a complete failure. And uh, <clears throat> what what do you say to this crowd? What are you trying to do? I'm probably just like standing there looking around like, should we like call someone? Or like, maybe get out of the way? What, wait, what do you mean? Like, 
Obviously, the, the, the campus police, they already know about it. I'm pretty sure they're going to be coming. What, what, why would Lewis do this? Now, you know Buck, who is Lewis Buckner. He is a basketball star. He's probably one of the best athletes at your school. Now, do yeah. you play a specific sport or are you just like a general athlete enthusiast? Probably just a general athlete enthusiast. Uh, Spin probably has not fully recognized his athleticness outside of our last adventure and has taken the singular karate class at the strip mall at Chad's request. So he's probably just like, oh, yeah, I know him from the games. But like, okay, yeah. So um, as you're kind of conversing with specific people and you're trying to kind of get everybody to just not be so nosy and, and to, to give the, the deceased uh, body of Lewis Buckner some space. Um, you see the campus guard, like the, the you know campus police show up and they start kind of like pushing people back and people are responding to them and they're starting to give a little bit more of a wide berth to this area. But you notice two things. Um, actually, yeah, so you do notice two things. The first thing you notice is it's somewhat like, you know, I would say it's probably a little bit past midday. Um, so, you know, one, two o'clock in the afternoon after multiple classes. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit warm outside, uh, you know, uh, kind of like a hotter uh, Rhode Island uh, day. But there is like this weird sheen of sweat or liquid or maybe even like a, a frost on Lewis's body. So that's the first thing you notice kind of sticks out in your mind. The second thing you notice is that somebody you know, maybe just by acquaintance or name, or maybe they're a friend of a friend, you recognize Shelly Young, who is a student here. And uh, you can see the look on her face of just like, almost like visible terror or concern or fear you're not sure what emotion she's displaying but she is visibly kind of disturbed by what happened uh, whereas more everybody else is more like everybody else is like spectators they have like their phones out you know everybody's like gossiping like oh man i wonder what you know why he did this and she is like stricken by this scene and she kind of turns on her heels um you might even almost say that she had tears in her eyes and she has dispersed. Um, but you know that Shelly definitely, you know, doesn't have any kind of real connection with Lewis. I mean, Lewis is dating Candy, you know, like the most popular girl at school, the cheerleader. Candy Glass, is that her name? <laughs> uh, no, it's actually Candace Lane, but she goes by Candy. Love it. I love it. So uh, do you want to investigate this mystery? Do you want to go get Professor Gunderson or Deandra, who you see as maybe like your mentor or like the adults, uh, you know, in your small circle of, I guess, you know, what you'd consider like hunters. You probably, you know, developed an affinity, you know, for them. Or do you just go to class? I mean, you can't be late to class. Uh, You probably, you know, (laughs) don't want to get that truancy mark on on your record, but maybe this is more important. True. Um, All right, so I dig in my back pocket and I yank out a notebook that says, 
thoughts for Deandra. And I open to the first, it's completely blank, I open to the first page and I write down, as I'm starting to walk to class, I write down Shelly Young and like all that information. I put that in my back pocket. Then I reach in my other back pocket and I pull out a notebook that says ideas for Doc. And I flip that open <laughs> and it is full to bursting of just constant bullshit. None of it really mad. I'm like uh, a cell phone blocking helmet, like just dumb ideas. <laughs> and then I flip to a, an empty spot and I write in uh, Buck weird frost question mark. And then I get to probably like close to like where my building is. And as I'm putting this back in my back pocket and I like think about it, I'm like, I'm going to fail this class anyway. And then I just turn and sprint to uh, Doc's lab. Excellent. And as we see Spin sprinting towards the DJ Poly D uh, Hall of the Sciences, uh, Center, for, Center the for the Sciences. I apologize. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah, a oh, yeah. really long name. <laughs> all, the okay? all of mysterious building, and you should respect it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. The camera goes past the sprinting spin, and it goes and zooms into the uh, Center for the Sciences, and you find yourself in a classroom. Uh, it's fairly small, and the attendance is even smaller. There's about twelve students in what looks like a row of forty seats. And at the bottom of this kind of like almost mini amphitheater is Professor Gunderson, uh, who is currently in his course teaching, you know, biochemistry or whatever it is that you teach or instruct, I should say. And there are several hands raised, but yet you have not called on any of them. The class is about to end. How do you uh, end your class? As you will see. If you look at the syllabus, you have 10 chapters of reading before our next class, and we will have an exam on that day as well. Are there any questions? And the bell rings. <laughs> so Artemisia, Artemisia? Yep. Okay, Artemisia, you know Professor Gunderson has never called on you, and you are probably- She's in my class? But she's probably loath to you're probably loath to interact with the professor anyway. Um, yeah, she she's an arts major, and this is her only science credit. Yes, and <laughs> uh, begrudgingly you have taken this course and probably uh, draw through the the class. Um, and as you exit uh, this hall, uh, you see a a young student um, who you know as Spin, but you have not interacted with him greatly, maybe through passing in a, you know, in the common areas, uh, just sprint into the center and just runs up the hall. Freakishly fast. And you kind of clock that in your mind, but you continue back to your dorm room uh, since you have a small two-hour break before your next class. What do you normally do in your personal time? Vape. Okay. <laughs> you better come on. Do you do you vape a specific flavor? Oh yeah, I have. Uh, she she gets real uh, loose with her vape cartridges, so the one she has loaded today smells like instant ramen. <laughs> so it, it, is yeah. is it that it is instant ramen flavored, or it's just 
Smells like instant Maruchan branded Both. chicken flavor. Yeah. It's <laughs> the ramen. ultimate Gen Z college thing. Yes, because unfortunately <laughs> yeah. you cannot afford to feed yourself, but you can afford the vape that does t- exactly. taste like instant ramen that helps exactly. curb your appetite, right? Some weird reason school. it was on discount when she bought it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for some weird reason. Um, yeah, so I mean, once I once I leave the building, I will, you know, be enveloped in a cloud of vape smoke. Uh, I will, if I have two hours, then I would probably go back to the dorm, uh, unload my science textbook, where I will pre- I will proceed to not do the reading at all, and pro- yeah, probably just draw or sketch or kind of like work on some other classwork uh, until right before I need to go to my next class. And as you enter the room, the view kind of pans above you, and you see your roommate, Shelly, who is furiously talking to somebody in the corner of her room. She seems agitated. Her back is towards you. You assume she's on her phone, and uh, when she turns around, you can see her face is kind of like almost contorted and like anger and just unhappiness and then she sees you and immediately panics and is like oh oh you scared me artemisia uh i'm sorry you uh, anyways um whatever and she kind of like plops down on her bed are you top bunk or bottom bunk or is it separate beds this is a great question should we roll for it absolutely okay it has more room for activities so uh, two yeah, dice six. <laughs> Ten or above, you get to choose. Alright. Alright. Uh, that is an eight. Okay, so partial success. So what is it that you wanted? What is, yeah, what is the partial success of bunk beds? <laughs> I'm about to let you know. Well, it's, it's do you have bunk, bunk beds, beds with space or two separate beds with yeah. less space? Yeah, two separate beds probably. Okay. So yeah. yeah, unfortunately, you have two separate beds. You were you were not successful, and and it is a very small room. Uh, there is a desk that you share, uh, and literally like what could not even be considered a closet uh, that is at the foot of each of your beds that could probably hold up to like five articles of clothing and like two pairs of shoes. Um, do you find yourself a fastidious person or are you just like things everywhere no definitely things everywhere like uh small animal bones charcoal paint nice uh very large items of clothing so that small closet probably only fits like three outfits for me because everything's got like petticoats and extra like bits and bobs and stuff sticking off of it uh so definitely like I've, i've just been slowly kind of uh, in a war of attrition, taking over the space in the room. So even though it's a very small room, probably like 80% of the space is kind of mine. Like I've got stuff creeping all over the walls that I've tacked up and stuck up. And uh, there's like candles and things. Do you have any like, whether real or not, like spell books, Wiccan or otherwise, I feel like yeah, your character I would is very so. magic based, right? Yeah, yeah, not exactly. I, so I'm not a magic user, correct? Um, but like, she definitely would be into that because you know, you you get some freaky powers. You're gonna start looking at other stuff. Yeah. Okay. So you actually notice uh, Shelly 
when she was furiously talking to whoever she was talking to in the corner of the room, um, she sits down and she is actually holding on to a book that you lent to her recently. You kind of introduced her to the kind of occult and supernatural, obviously sharing your personal interests, um, but she is like white knuckled gripping this book that, uh, well, for lack of a better term, is is a book of summoning. And it does, you know, have what could be considered spells or, or rituals that are supposed to summon, you know, whether it's demons or jinns or uh, supernatural beings that could grant you wishes or you could have them curse somebody. Now, obviously, you have never utilized this in the sense of, you know, like, oh, like this actually works. It's just a book that you've purchased recently that you have been kind of exploring. All right, so she's like acting freaked out and holding on to the book. I Yeah, I'll, I'll go up to her and be like, Shelly, what are you doing with my book? What? I, nothing. Uh, here, you can have it back. It doesn't work. What's going on? Why do you care, Artemisia? You don't care about anything. I care about cool, spooky shit. Well, there's nothing cool about this book at all. It didn't work the way I wanted it to. Disagree. What happened? And you can see, like, her shoulders have fallen. And she's like, well, not that you care, but that group that was gathered in front of Triple Phi was... It was Buck. Buck jumped from his room three stories up. He was dead. Cool. And you know... I mean, that's sad. And you know that Shelly, who is a recluse, she does not interact with the athletes or the social elite or very much anybody at all. So for her to be kind of taken you know by this incident obviously it is tragic but there's something more to it shelly couple ground rules number one if there's a body you always tell me okay well i mean you know now number two how do you even know that guy why do you care i would like for you to manipulate someone Oh boy, this is my worst. <laughs> Hell yeah, me. T- well, no, mine's actually kind of good. Whatever, whatever. Ooh, I got a seven. Okay, partial okay. success. Yeah. She's like, look, it, it was nothing. Okay, I'm. Nobody would even look at me like they look at candy, and obviously, they've been. Da- Did you let him come inside you? Uh, Artemisia. <laughs> I, I mean, gave you we, the charm. We you that shouldn't have happened. I didn't take the charm with me. And we had protection. He used a condom and he said that, you know, he's noticed me and he's been seeing me around school and he was drinking and I started drinking and one thing led to another and we had sex. Oh, honey. But this wasn't supposed to happen like this. 
be weird if it did. Yeah. Look, I gotta go. I'm late to class. Um, just don't don't tell anybody, okay? Bye. And she like bolts out of the room. I am going to uh, find one of my books. Like I'm gonna dig through this like kind of shelf of spooky looking books I have and everything, and pull out a uh, pamphlet, a very thin pamphlet for Planned Parenthood. I'm just gonna stick that on her pillow. Yes, absolutely. We now go back to the DJ Poly D Center for the Sciences, where we come across a very unusual scene. Professor Gunderson, after you have left your course, you walk up this spiral staircase that goes to your laboratory. Running all over the laboratory are the nuggets, but they are decorated with magazine clippings and straps, little strips of paper that have littered not only the floors, but now are pinned all over the laboratory walls with red yarn and pushpins. And you see Deandra. I, I'm, I'm trying to get some nuggies to do shots. <laughs> do the nuggies have mouths? They have I was to, just right? They communicate. That. Yes, right? they do. They have big googly <laughs> eyes, no nose, mouths, and weird, like, bendy arms with weird like mickey mouse glove hands and weird feet yeah i'm trying to get them to do shots and teach them how to smoke and and they are doing so currently yeah. two nuggies are like just colliding into each other over and over as if they're on autopilot and they don't realize that they're being uh kind of blocked by the other nuggie there's a nuggie sitting on the la- uh, laboratory counter smoking a cigarette with his legs crossed um you know there's another <laughs> nuggie that's upside down inside a garbage can uh, it is a scene of chaos professor gunderson so i had to look at it and and to be fair as long as other hunters don't try to kill them they will help as well Okay. They try to be as helpful as possible. So, this is outside of my control. <laughs> and they were. I, I, I would say that, so Professor Gunderson will observe the scene unblinkingly, and he will walk to a chair, a com- his comfortable chair, and he will just kind of slump in it, and unblinkingly, chin in chest, just observe his surroundings. Do I... Do I notice him walk into the yes. room? Okay. No, you have to roll uh, for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stealthing. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, go for it. <laughs> Gundy, these things cannot hold their liquor at all. It's 10 a.m. Fair. <laughs> but still. It was my first class of the day. Mm-hmm. And I come back. You, when I left, you were sleeping. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I slept one off. Yeah, I'm good, though. No. And now, this is mm-hmm. my home. My laboratory. Yeah. I'll tidy some of it up. I think you have done enough. Oh, okay. I'll, I guess I'll leave it to you then. Uh, he's going to blow a small, like, dog whistle. And all, all of the nuggies will, like, pop too. <laughs> and they do, but rather lethargically as they have been intoxicated uh, with whatever Deander drinks. Oh, they, they, they'll pop too, and then, like, the ones that are particularly drunk just, like, fall over face first. 
and the camera pans out a little bit to show the spiral staircase and in a cacophony of metallic steps uh spin arrives into the laboratory he spins in spins in and he's winded i'm like or does he <laughs> skip in <laughs> we have fun here yes we do <laughs> The listeners at home can't see the dead look in Josh. <laughs> yes. He can't even look at his camera and look me in the eyes because he's so disappointed. <laughs> one yes. day. One day. Yeah. Spin comes up the staircase and is winded. <laughs> Breathing heavy. I just sprinted all the way here. You observe uh, Deandra chain smoking and drinking, staring at a interesting collage of magazine articles that have no sense or bearing to them you see a irritated professor gunderson sitting uh in his office chair and then a, a legion of nuggets uh some standing and some just giggling and rolling on the floor how old does deandra look oh um i i would guess like she from all the smoking and yeah. drinking she's older That's than, why she, older 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 than she, she is looks. for yeah. sure <laughs> Right, she's older than she really is. Probably, she probably looks mid to late thirties. Sick. Uh, so I come in. I'm breathing heavy. I look over and see all of the yarn and magazine clippings and things being, you know, drawn together. And I perk up immediately. I'm no longer winded. I reach in my back pocket and yank out the notes for Deandra notebook. Hey, Mrs. D, I found out this crazy thing, and I flip the. <laughs> cardboard little thing open and they just proceed to like gush about the crowd the buck Shelly like all the things that I saw specifically from a detective angle but very poorly (laughs) interesting interesting I'm gonna start scribbling down and like yarning it up then I'm gonna flip it put it in my back pocket and then almost like dancefully port over to Doc. Hey, Doc, the buck dude was like covered in like a weird icy stuff, like frost almost. What? That's, I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. Who is this buck? Oh, yeah, he was a basketball player. A student? Yes. Covered in frost. Something like that. Where was he? Outside of the frat house, he, like, fell or something. What, he rushed the fraternity and then they threw him in the freezer and let him out after they forgot about him and now he's defrosting on the lawn. What does rush mean? Like, like ran into? When you rush a fraternity, you are joining a brotherhood. An exclusive brotherhood. It's too fancy for my blood. relationships will last an entire lifetime. However, accidents happen. I guess maybe. And I explain all of the stuff again, probably worse than I did with Deandra, because I'm not trying to sound smart. Doc. (laughs) Deandra, do you react to the communication of uh, the frostness of the body? Um, yeah, like, I'll start, like thinking about it a little bit and writing stuff on the walls um but so does spin know that buck jumped out of the window and 
I, I think spin is a. It's more like communicating during, the gossip though. during to the yeah the conversations and the rumors uh, of the crowd uh, received you know communication that oh he must have jumped and just from seeing the way the body was presented on the ground with you know like the snapped leg backwards and the neck in a gruesome kind of angle um, it, it is telling that he fell from a, a high point so if, if he gets like all of that information like Professor Gunderson would maybe be a little more interested and would like because he's got professor access, he would like pull up Buck's record, like in the student database, to like what classes he was taking, what his major is supposed to be, any any other campus related information that would be on his record. Okay. Um. So what what was the information you're looking for again? Just general information about Buck. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you know that Buck is a senior at Brown Community College. He is not great at his uh, GPA, uh, but is definitely a star athlete. He is probably the captain of the basketball team, um, and he is looking to graduate and, and possibly be recruited into some kind of minor leagues. You know, other than... Uh, you know, maybe some marks on his records about uh, drunk and disorderly um, or truancy to classes. There aren't a lot of notes left by uh, the campus or teachers uh, on his record. Nothing untowards, truly, other than his fraternity escapades. Hmm. Seems pretty standard. Can you look up the, the girl that ran? The, the the girl that uh that uh spin was talking about oh spin brought her up too i could so i'll i'll look up uh shelly young. young shelly is a sophomore she is not associated to any sports or any extracurricular activities you do see that uh she is in one of your courses actually um she attends your tuesday thursday course uh, of neurochemistry, um, which is kind of like a uh, advanced. Oh yeah, class. We, know, we all know. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, advanced sophomore. Yeah, yeah, and and like there is nothing on her record. She has nothing that would be considered a mark on any kind of truancy, absenteeism, or any type of trouble at school. Impeccable, uh, kind of like record. Gunnarsson does not take attendance, and the reality <laughs> of the situation is he doesn't really like grade your stuff. It's more like a you know general vibe he gets. Nice. <laughs> At the same time, nobody really fails his classes. Once all this like smart shit starts happening, spin. I'm not gonna say checks out, but like now it's like okay, I can't keep up. So he's going to go like distracted by the nuggies. He's going to be in the room helping the nuggies with heavy lifting as per usual, <laughs> but staying in earshot. So if he's ever like needed, he can like bolt back over. But he's just like picking up large things and moving them to help the nuggies out. Okay. I feel like all the drunk nuggies are like just cheering whenever you lift something. <laughs> like, ah! Yeah. They just follow spin around cheering you yeah. on. Yo, know, they're they're really positive. Oh yeah. 
it's weird that someone as like cantankerous as Gunderson could ha- be associated with such a <laughs> positive group of individuals like the Nuggies. I was just gonna say, Gunderson, can you look up where Shelly is now? Uh, so I mean, I my assumption is that it has their like residency information as well, so I could like pull up what dorm you could pull up both geez, the yeah. class schedule and what dorm room and hall they're staying in. yes <clears throat> by doing so uh you will find out that she is supposed to be attending um you know a, a history class currently okay uh i'm gonna i'm gonna jot down her where where she's staying and i'm gonna say well i hope she's got good attendance because i'm gonna go break into her dorm these liberal arts community colleges with their weird requirements taking neurochemistry and history <laughs> ridiculous so as Deandra leads leaves the laboratory the camera kind of follows her out in a trail of smoke uh, as she chain smokes and uh, you see her start going towards uh, the dormitory address and the camera pans over to uh, Artemisia, who is now just leaving uh, her dorm room, going to attend a class. Shelly had left probably upwards of about 30 to 45 minutes earlier to go to her history class um, as you go to, you know, your uh, remedial algebra class that you have to take once again, one of the... <laughs> You know, wow. Well, I mean, you're, you're an art student, so you're you're just taking like a yeah, probably class. going to art class. <laughs> okay, you're going to art class. Okay, okay. Remedial art. Math is yeah. an art. <laughs> yes, math is an art. Number art. Uh, but as you uh, head towards class, you see Shelley actually pacing back and forth, like you know, underneath one of the larger trees in the courtyard. It's probably about now six seven o'clock we're kind of hitting that time of day where it's starting to get a little bit darker and you see her once again she is having a furious conversation with somebody do you approach her or do you go to class so i i have a question yes. uh, a world question is this a world with wireless head oh yeah like this is modern like... times absolutely okay yeah. okay so like she could just be talking to somebody on the phone. Absolutely. And I Very just don't that. see Absolutely. Um, But, but I mean, with that being that, said, yeah. you have had past experiences, maybe singular or more, where you have come across the supernatural and that has set you on this path as a hunter. Um, so you are aware that there are things that can be more than they seem. And she's acting weird. And so did she take that book with her or did she leave it in the room? No, I believe she gave it back to you or left it on her bed. She does not ha- currently have okay. the book. So I would have taken the book with me because um, I have uh, an investigatory thing that I would like to do later, but it needs to be dark outside. Okay. So for now, if I see Shelly, yeah, kind of pacing around and talking to herself and, and being weird, like, yes, I will go over there and I will kind of... Uh, not creep up on her, but just sort of like listen in. Okay. And as you get closer and it gets darker, you can see that she is just pacing and just like, I mean, without yelling and shouting, she is going through these like bodily motions. She is 
absolutely having a angry hushed conversation with somebody more than likely somebody on the phone through a bluetooth but when you get about within 20 to 30 feet of her she stops and her body goes rigid and you look upon something that is bursting out of her chest and it is what looks like a tree branch that has come down and shoved through the center of her body, erupting from the other side in an arterial spray that narrowly misses you as you get so close. And that is where we're gonna call it. Hey everyone, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to our new Geekly Inc. project, Vanguard of the Veil. We're having so much fun playing and producing this new show, so stay tuned for more to come. If you're interested in learning more about our podcast, follow us on Twitter at Vanguard Veil. If you want to hear more shows like ours, make sure to check out Cthulhu and Friends and Greetings Adventurers, a part of the Geekly Inc. network. If you wanted to follow the people who make this show, you can follow the keeper, Fred, at I Think I'm Fred. Professor Gunderson is played by Matthew at Matthew M. Morris. Deandra is played by Alex at Happy Puke. And Spin is played by Josh at Josketh. And Artemisia is played by Steph at Steph O. Kingston. Our show is also edited by Steph at Steph O. Kingston and produced by yours truly. All music and sound effects are courtesy of Epidemic Sounds.